welcome to the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast, brought to you by Amoria Bond. In each episode, Amoria Bond will interview a prominent leader from across their specialist STEM sectors to discuss their personal experiences of progression and share invaluable insights and inspiring anecdotes of what progression means to them. This is Progressing Lives Everywhere. Welcome to the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast. I'm this week's host, Andy Barrow, and my guest today is our very own CEO, David Ebbington. 27-year career spanning a variety of industries, consultancy, project management, recruitment, sales, horses, dogs, cats, snakes, family, wife, kids. He's a busy man, for sure. So to get 10, 15 minutes with him today to learn a bit about his motivations, his mindset, how he approaches today today is uh, a great pleasure. Welcome, David. Thanks very much, Andy. Pleasure to have you. Um, so yeah, what we always like to do on this current series is start off with a little bit about your morning routine. You know, how do you set yourself up to have that, that best day to progress as best possible? Um, I can't profess to be in the, um, the model uh, Robin Sharma 5am club um, every day. I do. Um, I do get up at five thirty every day. That's my my kind of time mark, and I like to kick my day off. It's pretty habitual um, with a with a cup of coffee. Um, it's one of the times, you know, with my with my wife where um, you know we can uh, have a conflab about the day ahead and you know what we've got going on, and um, and then I've got two um, very demanding working cocker spaniels who. Uh, who are looking at me to to finish that first coffee and take them out for a walk. I'm really lucky I live in the countryside. You know, it's literally out the house, out the gate and uh, up into fields. And um, I uh, I take the opportunity to to have at least half an hour out with them, which is a combination of benefits for me in the morning because aside from the fact that it's always um good to to get out into the outdoors it's great for been proven to be great for um reducing stress levels um it's also um really good to use that time uh to do some thinking you know they're pretty easy to look after um running around all over the place of course i just i just walk the route with them and um and in the midst of all of that stuff you know i i do the things that are important to me in that in that half an hour and that that can often be a reflection of the day ahead. You know, that could often be a reflection of the week ahead, uh, depending on what's going on. And um, I do stop, you know, a lot to think about um, gratitude to, you know, to this, the situation that me and my family are, are fortunate to be in and, you know, recognise, you know, the things I've got rather than the things I don't. And um, and I think And I think, you know, making sure that I'm replenishing really um you know that that daily mindset you know to to ensure that you know I'm running at my day with a a sense of power and control which is really important to me you know to be in a situation where before I've even kicked my day off you know I've been able to really get my head straight and get you know get my mindset in the right in the right form I'm not telling you that I get out of bed and I feel that way every day um what what I'm telling you is that after a coffee and after a walk with the dogs, more often than not, you know, I've managed to to walk out anything that 
I might, you know, be carrying and um, and find it exceptionally important. Of course, following on from that, you know, you refer to the the whole family set up and all the rest of it. You know, I've got two kids to uh, to get to school, and um, and my wife, she's also a professional, so you know, we uh, divide and conquer. So the mornings tend to be around. You know, as I said, it's pre-habitual. It's a, you know, a kind of very considerate approach to making sure that I'm I'm getting myself into the into the right mindset, but also we're organised. So so good mornings tend to follow good prep the night before, and um, and and actually, you know, making sure that all things are ready for the kids and making sure all things are ready for us and you know all that sort of stuff. There's always a bit of organising to go. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't try to say that um, I'm robotically good at it. Um, it's just that there is a method, and I do like to follow the method. And and you know, habitually, some things are a lot easier to do than than others. Mm. I think I think the uh, the night before part is quite telling. You know, I think I've heard that um, in Matthew McConaughey's book, his new book, Green Lights. He talks about one of his big green lights is if you're going to get up early, get the coffee pot on the night before. Get if you're going for a run get the vest out ready for the run yeah and it sounds like it's quite a deliberate calm morning as opposed to what you imagine most people's family mornings mine probably two of the two or three of the five days it's, it's more reactive it's busy you know it sounds like you've deliberately set it off in a calm fashion to set up the rest of the day yeah i think i think genuinely you know i i feel like to to be in control of the things you know that you know are coming is um is part of that kind of calm setting because and 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 also backing yourself on the variables right because i think ultimately you learn over time that you can respond well to situations that aren't in your control and um and i think so i think where we can i'm as again i'm not i'm not trying to say this happens like this in 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 every evening and every day but where we can we'll prep in advance and and aim to get the benefit of that the following day you know i'm sure you'll think of those times in your life where you'll um, bask in splendid glory of having done all your preparation and you know things going according to plan and you know you get that moment of realization that this is what the nirvana is of of being ready you know and having done the things that you set out to do of course like most things in life you can you can learn how to shortcut all of that and um and do things on the fly and i think you know we probably live between those places if i was if i was being you know frank yeah i think that's that would be quite typical of a busy family right um well you you do you you do tend to and my from my own observation tend to operate from quite a place of calmness and clarity you do seem that way there you know uh, regarding regardless of demanding schedule you always seem quite yeah i'm clear i'm calm I'm ready to tackle the situation. Is that has that been a, a a consistent theme for a long time, or has it taken a while to develop that calmness? Um, I think. Well, first things first. Before I answer the question directly, um, all of this comes with a sense of teamwork. You know, I don't get much done without my partner. You know, it's an important it's an important thing. So even with our work, you know, we we plan ahead in terms of each other's diaries and. You know, again, that comes back to that sense of of being in control. So I think between the two of us, we make a brilliant team. You know, as parents, 
Um, because we're both professionals, we understand the demands of each other's jobs. And, um, and, and that in itself kind of tempers some of the things that sometimes is hard, you know, to manage in a, in a home setting. Um, but, but I think, you know, I don't really subscribe. I think there's some things that, you know, I'm very mindful of, which is a lot of people fall into the trap of externalizing the things that happen to them. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't subscribe to it. Um, you know, I don't believe in fate or luck. Um, you know, I don't believe in other people, you know, making my day bad or, you know, this is, this is all about really, um, controlling the controllable. It took me some time to realize it and apply it. Um, but, but ultimately, I'm, I'm at a sense of calm, gen, genuinely, even when things are, you know, going to the wall to a certain extent, because you, you know, have got a bit of experience. So you end up in a situation that over time you start realizing, even if you're not particularly well equipped for a scenario, you know, because of experience and, and being a subject matter, a matter expert in something, history will tell you that you were faced with something before that you didn't know about. And, and you got through it, right? So I kind, of, I, kind of, I kind of like to think that in my day ahead, if my day is going to be interesting, there'll be a mix of those things. So, you know, I, I don't I don't just want a day where everything goes tickety-boo because I quite like problems, I quite like fixing problems, I quite like, you know, being able to respond to it. So, yeah, I suppose to a certain extent um, over time, I've, I've, I've kind of learned that's the way it's going to be. So I'm a, I'm a bit more, um, I guess I take the time to, to be, to be mindful that I, I, I can come at my time every day in situations with a degree of calmness. I used to describe it a bit differently, um, which won't mean something to some people. There's a, um, in London, there's a, um, particular tourist spot, Nelson's column. It used to be, absolutely you know mad with pigeons flying around and it was very popular for a particular genre of filming where you would see somebody doing these time these time capture films where somebody would stand still and they would film everybody moving past them and the pigeons flying around and you know everything was blurring and so I used to describe that's how I feel you know, in those scenarios, I feel like a sense of calmness when when there's a bit of madness going on because I feel I feel you know I feel like I can. If you slow down things, sometimes you can go faster. Conversely, and and you know you can see things that you need to see, and you'll often find as a result, um, you know, you can you can make better decisions. Nice, no, yes, I guess, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Touching on the idea of a little bit, I guess, of a conductor or an orchestra, if it's going on all around you, but you kind of maintain some poise and still execute. Um, but from from a motivation perspective, how do you handle dips or maintain that level of motivation? You know, do, do you use fitness? Do you use hobbies? Do you use mindfulness? Is, is there anything like that? I think there's a common theme. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm looking for a replenishment 
you know, and we we all have dips in motivation, whether whether one likes to admit it or not. Um, I, I'm I'm a I'm a like a super fan of being outdoors. Um, you know, I've, I I grew up in the country. I've, I've always worked in towns and cities, and and travelled a lot and stuff. But it it always it always comes back to you know some sense of calm calmness from being outdoors. How I apply myself in that setting, um, you know, used to be I used to you know play team sports a lot, and you know that that had the other stuff that comes with it, the camaraderie and you know the socialising, the competition and all the other stuff I used to enjoy. Um, as you get older, you know, you 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 you're less able to do that stuff, um, you know, and, and particularly on my you know my main love was rugby, so you know. Your, your body doesn't particularly last long when you're playing competitive rugby. Um, I, I I do coach at the club that I spent, you know, the best part of uh, 20 or so years at now. Um, and my son goes to the, uh, the club. I've done some coaching previously. I've done I've done some other stuff with the club, you know, raising funds. You know, there's a, a, a really competitive first team there. They, they play a national one in the UK. And... Um, and you know that takes some money to run, um, but but also it's got a, a really healthy minis and junior section, and I got involved in doing some doing some training there, which I quite enjoy. My daughter's a avid horse rider, so I like being you know I like being her groom and and driver and all the stuff you know that comes with that, and seeing her progress with the with the horse stuff that she does. Um, what what I tend to do mostly nowadays for myself, I was going to be you know, really um, selfish. I, I go fishing. You know, I I, I spend some time. Um, I, I do the sort of fishing where you might stay out. You know, dependent on what time you've got available for for days on end. You know, not just during the daytime. You may stay overnight on on a regular occasion. Um, that really feeds that outdoor thing. Um, I love nature, and um, and. It's also got a problem-solving element to it, which you really, really enjoy as well. So I guess, I guess you know, coming back to your point really around, you know, how do you deal with the motivational side of things? I, I, I listen to myself, you know. I think you learn after a while that you know yourself better than anybody else does and, and there are some signs you need to look out for. And, um, and, and I think, you know, with that, I've, I've really learned not to talk to myself negatively um that happens a lot yeah a lot of people um in their own heads um you know are, are saying the worst things about themselves to themselves and fueling fueling negativity um i i i will often just remind myself that these things come in cycles and you know your um your mind and your body is telling you something it's time to go and do something about it you know um, you know, go go and you know get get a night out fishing, or you know you've got some stuff coming up with the kids. You know, from a, a point of view of the the sport or, or the riding or whatever it might be, or you know, my wife is is always um, you know wanting to be at the gym and you know encouraging me. She she tried to do some uh, PT stuff sometime back because she's so into it. So there's there's a host of those things that I'm really mindful of that I tend to lean towards when I'm feeling that and. They tend to fix me and, you know, put, put me back on track. 
that 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 combination of food that cook up, you know, from the the self yeah the self stuff from yeah fit and fitness and again outdoors is that is a very common theme yeah that in one of the other episodes um, that we conducted um, one of the ultra, ultra runner that we interviewed the first thing he said is my exercise has got to be early it's got to be outdoors and I've got to get that cup of coffee in earlier as well so it's a, it's a similar theme of you know caffeine fitness fresh air is, is you know it's an obvious one but we all neglect it. Well, I'm not. Um, I know I'm not going to um, record this memory exactly, um, but I do know that studies have been done in relation to the way in which you can relieve stress, and um, one of the ways is by using um, your spatial awareness. So, being in a situation where you hone in on a spot, you can do it in the house. Um, where you hone in on a spot, you stare at it for a point of time, and then you start becoming very aware in your ability to open up your spatial view. So looking at the spot, but also being aware of what's around you. Um, it has a knock-on effect in terms of reducing your stress levels. Now, of course, it's no surprise that if you step out of your house into the outdoors, you know, you've got this spatial um scenario so you know nature's there to you know to de-stress you and i think you know from that perspective um i think it's super healthy to get out do stuff and um and and you know yes uh great um great example as i said to you you know getting out in the morning with the dogs and you know there's almost like no there's no excuse not to walk your dog right you can't not do it there's no no rolling out of bed and you know Particularly my two because they, you know, they're they're not particularly passive when it comes to not what they they'll dog you until you take them. So I think getting out there is is so doing the morning thing. I, I can't even wait until the evening to walk them. So it's just you're forced to do it. And um, we always talk about it, right? Because you see so much when you're out. And my wife and I will always report back on. Oh, it was lovely up the hill today. You know, the sun's rising, or you know, the the, the way the view was. The leaves yeah, it's just nice, and you kind of feed that back as part of your your morning routine. But yeah, that's that's the way I would normally deal with that. Mainly. Very nice. And, and you talked about obviously you like the challenge, and you you don't want plain sailing as, as those problems occur. You like the, the puzzle, as it were. I, would you say you're quite an adaptable person or a flexible person? And, and if so, have you, have you developed it over time? I, th- I think when I was younger, I was perhaps more fixed. Um, and, I, and I think that was a lot to do with, you know, I'd grown up in a, um, a hamlet, a small village, and uh, been, to, been to school, um, you know, in another village and then went to a secondary school in town. And I think, I think you know, my, my parameters at the time were pretty fixed and as a result you know seeing other things and and believing that those things were possible weren't necessarily part of my um you know my vernacular at the time so i think over time what i found is that much is possible you know believe in the art of the possible and my parameters my parameters have you know pushed um, wider and wider and I think I think naturally as a result I found myself in situations where one's had to be adaptable and flexible and show agility as part of the the makeup because 
Now, if you think about it from a point of view of just even within the, um, you know, the, the, the recruiting industry, for example, uh, you know, where I've been around for some time, I think it was within a year and a half, two years, I moved into management. But after I left my first firm, um, I never went to a startup again. I always went and joined somewhere that was established in some way, shape or form. And that was whether I was, I was there to fix something or grow something, um, you know, or eventually, you know, having gone through a process of doing that for another 20 years there or thereabouts um, with, with various firms, um, then being in a situation where I become an advisor and a, um, a coach for other business owners and leaders. And, you know, you're getting into other environments very, very quickly. And part of the skill set in that situation is being able to understand very quickly what the environment is, understanding how to adapt to that environment, understand, you know, how your knowledge and your skill set applies in that environment, but also what you can learn from it. So I think I think actually over the time it became a learned thing. Um, you know, and it and it applied in every setting. So, you know, I think I think to a certain extent, dictated by you know, decisions when I was younger and 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 work, um, and as a result, faced with new things, you know, have felt that actually, ra- rather than being dissuaded from being flexible and agile, and you know, actually, I've been rewarded for being able to do that, and um, and of course, you, know, you build on it as a result. You learn how to do it more and more, and I would say it's probably one of my my core capabilities. It's it's. It's funny you use the word fixed at the start. I think a lot of people we're all, all have a, a degree of that, don't we? We, we? we struggle with it. And that ability to start to implement flexibility, adaptability, move quickly, learn quickly, like you said about the environment, it's, it could be, it could be a, I, I think people forget it can be a learned skill through time. Definitely agree. I think, well, the, um, I think it was Carol Dweck who's the, at, the, at the core of the growth mindset and if you think about it as a as a formula, you know, she essentially is saying you, you've all got brains and talent, yeah. Um, but if you bring dedication and hard work, you know, you you then um, can establish a love of learning and and resilience, right? And and I think I think I probably started off, you know, at, and, and at school probably was, you know, if I think back, I probably didn't put anywhere near the amount of hard working, you know, probably didn't put anywhere near enough um, effort of dedication in that, that perhaps others did. Um, but, but in actual fact, you know, pennies drop for people at different stages of their life and and it and it dropped for me it dropped for me in the work setting. And and the moment you get you get rewarded and you see that reward, you work out that that's a good formula to follow, right? So I'm a big fan of the growth mindset approach and, you know, and the fixed mindset tends to be, you know, to have the tools and the circumstances, but tends not to apply, you know, the effort required, right? And, and actually, naturally, it's the combination that gets you the, gets you the movement in life. So I think, I think, yeah, you know, I would say um, I went from fixed to, you know, to growth. And, and I did it as part of my my learning in 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 adult workplace, really. 
Nice. I, th- I think yeah, I think it's a really good point. I think you know for the listeners, it'd be a really really crucial point for them to acknowledge. I think we can all be guilty of being fixed on different things, different subjects even. So it's a nice reminder for me as well. Um, from a, f- you touched on the word there. You took me to my next question quite nicely. You said about resilience. Having tackled what you've tackled as, as a as a business leader in various forms, what tips would you give somebody to develop? resilience, determination, handle setbacks? Well, first things first, you know, you've got to, you've got to have all your senses turned on. Um, as I said to you earlier on, you know, that sense of calm that we were discussing, it tended to be accompanied with me just stopping and taking everything in, you know, listening and, um, and, and, you know, watching, asking questions, you know, just making sure that I understood the context of the situations that, that I was faced with. And I think foundationally, I've got a really good value set, you know, so, and I trust myself, you know, so. Yeah, so, that helps, right? yeah. yeah, so you end up in a situation where you say, well, when you make a decision, where's it coming from? You know, how you, when you look at a scenario and, it's always coming from a good place. I don't, I don't ever make decisions that come from a bad place. So, you know, and, and, and accepting that you, you're not always right. You're not, not always get it right. So I think, I think, you know, I, I'll, I will always um, bang on with people and you'll, you'll have heard it, heard me say it about the power of now and, you know, making sure that you don't procrastinate on things because I think ultimately you've got to be able to, very quickly um, use those senses to work out what the context of the situation is. You you take your appropriate time to consider that and then apply your experience. And if you don't have experience, you know, one of the things that I've, I've gifted myself is the ability to say, well, actually on trend, when you didn't have experience and you made decisions, they were on the whole good ones. So, you know, back, back yourself. Yeah, back yourself on the decision. So I think in those scenarios, um, you know, what I try to do is engender the sense of trust from others in me that, you know, that I'm capable and able to make decisions in those scenarios, um, that they can defer to me if they need to. But also um, over time, just teach people really that um, if you stop, and and, and actually, you know, there was a, a program I went through which I found was exceptionally useful for helping one understand the positives to reflect on. It was a uh, program called the Thrive Program. Um, Rob, Rob Kelly's an ex-psychologist, um, um, dealt with the worst sort of things that you see in the human world at the children level, things that they've been through. And, um, and he'd recognized that you know he'd seen these thousands and thousands of uh, children and you know he'd gone through the process of counseling with them and recognizing what the problems were but he wasn't necessarily um, equipping them with the toolkit to then go on and you know and thrive and half half the puzzle yeah 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 so unlocking but not necessarily equipping and um anyway ended up as a result recognizing that there was something about that and he designed a program where it would enable you to 
equip yourself accordingly and, and, and in any walk of life. And it revolves around having the right type of belief system and understanding how belief systems work and, you know, then basically creating a sense of power and control in your approach to things. Anyway, one of the things that um, he teaches you today, and it's part of the thing that I, I mentioned to you earlier on, you know, part, part of the thing that I might walk up the, the hill with my dogs, I'll be thinking to myself, you know, what, you know, what, what something I've done the day before, recognizing the good things, you know, think about the, whatever it might be, you know, um, I was, I was there to watch my, you know, watch my boy play football, or I was there to pick my daughter up, you know, or, or drive her to somewhere with a horse, or I was there to help somebody at work around, you know, a, a problem that they've had and they've been worried about and how to walk them through it just recognizing all of those things in a in a given period that if someone was looking at you and they were talking about you you almost want to take yourself in that third person view and think about you know that guy's a good dad and you know that guy's a, a really the full, the full story yeah really great colleague and a, that you know that guy thinks about people before he makes a decision and so i think in that regard you end up making notes about these things and what you realize after a time because you you drop stuff off the bottom of these notes, you you might have ten things you always keep, and um, and you're replenishing it every day. But what you realise before you know it is that inadvertently you're a good person. You're doing good things. You're making good decisions. People would look to you, um, you know, in a trust based relationship and a loyalty based, whatever it might be. So I think I think in those scenarios you end up in a situation where you recognize that much of what happens to one is under one's control. And naturally, if you spend too much time worrying about what other people think about you or worrying about other things that you're out of control of, um, it's energy, emotions, time wasted, where you could be doing stuff that you can control. So I, I suspect, I suspect, you know, that's really, I've always, I've always felt, like a resilient character. Um, I've always been in situations that would call on resilience. Um, but what I've found is by also going through this program that um, I've been able to eradicate some of the other things from my thinking that would enable me to be really, really clear also on how to identify the smaller things that really, you know, you need to remember sometimes, you forget sometimes when. You know, when, when you're looking at yourself and you're thinking whether or not you've got the toolkit or the experience you need to be able to do the things that you're going to need to do. So from, from that point of view, um, you know, I, I would just spend time with an individual, um, reminding them, telling them about the things they've forgotten and, um, and also just dispelling the, the mindset really of picking out the one thing out of 100 that you did wrong. Um, and, um, and, and trying to and trying to remember all the impact of all the other positive things. It's a weirdly easy, such an easy one to do, isn't it? The picking the picking the one wrong thing. We, we we've all we've all done it. We all have a tendency to do it, and it's very easy to, to not be positive, and then that, that that fuels a group, fuels an office, it can fuel a family. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a, a nice mechanism. It's a very very simple but really effective mechanism. It goes along with gratitude a little bit, but it's also giving yourself a little bit of context, isn't it? You know, you're actually saying, you know, what's the real version here? What's the full story? Uh, so, yeah, I like it. And 
And what would your, your view on that, that positivity be in, in, in a workplace context? What would that look like to you? Uh, you know, I, I, never, I never start with no in my, in my head. Um, I, think, I, think, I think I've learned that anything's possible. You know, if I look, if I look back to, you know, when I was 23, 24 years old, and and I look back to what I was doing back then. The me back then would have no concept of the me today, okay. And when and and, and it and I could put you know whether they're whether they're notable or otherwise, but I can put all my war stories in between here and there, and the the, the things I've I've done, places I've been, um, you know, things I've achieved, all those things. Yeah, I just wouldn't I just wouldn't have recognised that, right? So. I think from a point of view of, of looking at life in general, I think anything's possible, um, which is which is further fueled by some of the things you see people do. You know, I, I'm, I'm always um, amazed. Uh, you see people, you know, we'll, we'll see on TV or whatever, someone who's been in the military and, you know, they've, they've had a, a lost a limb or, you know, they've, something's happened to them, right, that, you couldn't imagine or you couldn't see your way through yet they've just climbed their third mountain or you know or whatever it is right? and i just look at it and think to myself you know the human spirit is really important um and, and i think and i think you know ultimately in the workplace I, I i always look at it from a perspective of you know it's in my power to be positive you know it's 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 not for someone to take that away from me. It's for me to manage it, and and ultimately, um, the outcomes are linked to how I approach situations. And coming back to that point earlier on, really, which is if you've got the combination of, you know, the the resources, you know, the circumstances and the effort, um, there's no reason why you can't achieve things. So I always look at it from a a point of view of you know that those things could be achieved, but I also think it's really, really important in your language with people. You know, being intentional. Um, you know, talking to people and showing people by actions that you're with them on things. You know, it's it's a it's very easy to be, um, I guess, you know, one of those leaders who stands at the back and pushes people forward, and you know, whether that's them climbing out benches or otherwise, you know. Um, not necessarily be seen to be being involved. That's just not. That's just not how I see it. You know, I like to be amongst people. I like to help. I like to, you know, be passionate about what I do because, you know, it's the way I feel. But I also know it, it positively impacts other people. Hopefully, it rubs off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, if 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 just in that interaction, somebody walks away and it's just you know they've got that thing that they need from somebody, then. And I feel like, you know, I'm playing my part in a culture. We're really lucky to have the culture we have in our business. And um, and it's and it's built up and it's deep, uh, as well as the fact that, you know, we select people to come into it that bring something to the table as well. But, you know, from a point of view of the type of work that we do, you know, you, you need to apply yourself like that all the time. You know, you can't take your foot off that, you know, that, Gas. If you want to be the best service company in your in your sector, if you want to be the company that you know achieves the the growth that we're aiming to achieve, if you want to be 
um, you know, the best at the job you do. They are all things that you need to look at and you personally bring yourself to, whether it's as an individual or as a team um, effort. So always looking for those those few extra percent. And as you say, that positive mindset is the first step. I think first step, I think, you know, I love the 1%. Um, whether you look at it in, in practice, you know, with the, the different um, types of sporting scenarios or uh, business scenarios, you know, the Southwest Airlines, or you look at the, you know, um, Clive Woodward Rugby or David Browsford with the Sky Cycling Team, they're all examples of of where people have worked out those small elements. I think Matthew Side wrote about it. You know, it's a... Um, is the, the way in which you're able to break things down and, and then how you approach what you do with it, I think is the, uh, is the net of it. And, and, you know, particularly in industries where there's not a lot to separate one business from another, because, you know, uh, there are, um, you know, models essentially that are very, very similar. You, you know, you end up, you end up in a situation where actually culturally you can be felt and, um, and, and, you know, have a great model, apply that model, but at the same time, culturally, if, if people feel, you know, the culture within the organisation and they feel the interactions and as we position ourselves, you know, our guiding principle is lead with positivity. And um, and when you look at our value set, which we, we use um, an acronym called PROFESS, um, where the first word is positivity, um, you know, ultimately... Even when we do staff surveys around the subjects, you know, people most relate to positivity. So I think, I think ultimately, um, you know, you want every st- stakeholder to experience that, you know, in every interaction, in any way that they interact with you. So I think from, from that point of view, every one of us have got a, a responsibility to uphold it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you've, you, you leave, yeah, definitely. And leaving me with... Uh leaving the room to go and try and do that. Yeah, you're giving me that 10% as well, or that 1% for sure. Um, one of our other themes for Moria Bond is obviously uh, progressing lives everywhere. So as a, as a last question, what would progression, what does progression mean and look like to you day to day? Well, you know, I've got a career where I've progressed, you know, so I've, I've progressed in terms of my responsibility I've progressed in terms of the situations I'm faced with. Um, I've progressed in terms of quantum of business. Um, I've progressed in terms of jurisdictions in which I operate. And so there's a number of different things I might look at and say they're all progression elements. Okay. Um, I think if I was looking at it, if I was looking at it from um, other perspectives, I think that, you know, developing what I do day to day is quite important for me. Um, and doing it better. In fact, it's in fact it's massively important for me to continually improve in 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 that regard. Um, I think I think conversely, less about me. You know, I I classify myself as a as a servant leader. You know, I'm much more geared towards wanting other people to succeed. And as much as you know, I I um, enjoy doing well. You know, I I enjoy more other people doing well. And, um, and equipping people to do so and um, watching them do it is, um, is, is massive for me. Whether that's 
you know, in the workplace, you know, I've I've operated as a as a business leader. I've operated as a as a leadership coach. You know, I've I've done different things that cause me to develop people, and I've seen I've seen I mean, literally hundreds of people um, develop on you know under perhaps my guidance or the guidance of people who work for me. And there's nothing actually better than seeing that happen. It's really really. Yeah, it's a really cool thing to be part of, and um, and, see, and seeing people really grow into who they're going to be, and you know, um, spread their wings and um, add value to the environment based on the fact that you know they've they've come to that place of experience with their own style. I think it's just brilliant. Um, I love seeing it outside of work. You know, I've seen my kids come through, and you know, I've got a twenty-seven-year-old daughter who's brilliant at the job she's got. You know, she works really hard, making her own way in life. I love seeing that. You know, she, she got promotion recently. I was like, you know, chuffed the bits for her. Um, you know, I see, I see, you know, my kids progress at school and learning different things and being capable of doing new things all the time. It's one of the times, actually, kids developing things, you know, and being able to, pick up new skills and stuff you know it's just so intense because they're it's happening to them over such a short time frame that that you get so much reward as a as a parent but also you know places like the rugby club for example when i'm developing other people you you just get to see that return so i think i think you know watching people push their own parameters watching people um listen you know that cause effect listen apply and and get the return on that is something which never gets old ever gets old and it won't you know for me it won't be something that i think i'll ever um, grow tired of and and to be in a business where our purpose is progressing lives everywhere is um is about as perfect a place to be really to um to to to, you know talk about that subject and and really see it not just in terms of what we commit to inside the business um, for one another or what we might commit to in relation to our stakeholders such as clients or consultants or candidates you know dependent on our consulting and our our staffing brands um, but also the stuff we do for our communities you know watching the people that that, that need help and watching them progress and um, and and how we might enable that so very proud to be part of all of that stuff and and I think you know, back back really bring it back around to what it means um aside from relationships you know progression means everything it's a great way to finish progression means everything yeah yeah thank you very much it's been a pleasure david thank you no problem thanks for hosting thank you for listening to progressing lives everywhere brought to you by moria bond we hope you enjoyed this episode Please be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Every time you do, it helps others find the podcast. For more information on Amoria Bond's specialist services and to access the podcast show notes, head over to amoriabond.com. Join us next time as we continue to progress lives everywhere.